and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, April 27th, 2021, otherwise known as a day that you'll soon see is relevant, Greenery Day. Yeah, all types of shrubberies. Yeah, we'll we'll let you connect the dots later. How timely for what I'm working on. Yeah. All right, well, let's just hop into it. Yeah. All right. It's the perfect segue. I have been really using my X-Carve Pro. Been like just keeping it running. Feels so nice to kind of be able to go and do other things, send emails and come back an hour later, a whole sheet of plywood's all cut up and just slide a new one in and then assemble the stuff later. So I've been using it to make modular projects. And a first one I did was a modular plant stand. So the whole thing works with normal, very standard from Home Depot, 8-inch diameter terracotta flower pots. They're classic. They have a nice material quality and they're only like $3 each. So I made these individual stands that are about 18 inches high that can stack both vertically and to the sides in a hexagonal pattern. And then you just drop the flower pots into them. And the flower pots actually hold the vertical ones together really well because you can't slide because it's almost like the flower pot is acting like a giant bolt that's keeping them from sliding because the holes on the stacking align. So that was kind of cool. I, w- I had sort of planned that I'd just add a quick screw to screw them together. And then on the sides, if you're really building out like a whole vertical garden wall or a room divider or something like that, you can just add a couple finished screws to, to add a little bit of stability to the whole structure. But it cool. looks great. So this is, this is like a tiered kind of thing. So what height are you standardizing? So the standard module is 18 inches. Now, some plants are a little bit taller. If you got one of Mike's favorite, a snake plant. you mm. Love them. I also made some 27-inch tall units. So they're just one and That's a half cool. times of the 18-inch the unit. And you can kind of mix them in. It's all CNC'd. So all the parts are, are common. And yeah, it's been really fun. It's a lot of repetitive work. You know, a lot of little sanding, finishing, doing putty over to screws, stuff like that. But we yeah. just set it all up and got the plants in there and it it looks really cool. And what I like about it is that it's a great interior design solution. If you have like an empty corner of like a room, you could like stack a bunch of these and then put in a whole bunch of plants rather than getting one big fiddly fig. Or if you even mm-hmm. – I even think it would be cool like behind a sofa. So if you're seating, yeah. it looks like you're kind of like seating in this like kind of forest enclave of – you know, nice low light indoor plants. Oh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And when it, whenever you were mentioning the set that are 27 inches tall, I was kind of just imagining a tabletop, which is 30 inches high, like a profile shot of that with a bunch kind of behind it also. Right. It really does like, it looks, it looks cool in my mind at least, but what are you doing with all these planners? Cause I want them. They look really cool. Can I we, have them when you're done? We made a ton of them. Yeah. No. Um, my new house isn't going to be ready for a minute, so Boom. yeah, feel free. They'll they're great for staging. We'll probably keep like a handful around here, but I made probably made like thirty or forty of the modules. Oh wow! Cool. I'm I'm trying to work up my green thumb. I've got a few plants of my own recently, so I will keep them alive for you. Yes. you can have them back. I'll foster no, them. We, we got some <laughs> yeah. plants too because we picked up all the plants. Plants aren't cheap, man. No, I was thinking the same thing whenever I was getting some the other day. Yeah. What 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 did you get and what were you surprised by the cost of? They ranged from sort of like $15 for some really mature ivy plants, which were really full. I got some awesome ferns. I got mostly nice. sort of low light indoor plants just because they're going to give me a little bit more time to sort of survive. And it's so windy out here. I combined that with a few succulents for the more in-between tiers since they're not quite as tall. And all the holes in planters are aligned. So if you water the top ones the drippings will go into the lower tiers of plants. So I thought putting like succulents and stuff like that down below, the plants that need more water up above, so you just water the top ones, and then the overflow waters the ones that don't need as much water. Oh, cool. So I think there's a lot more I can do with the system. The video probably won't be out yet uh, by the time this podcast is, but there will be posts on Instagram. So just head over to Benjamin Ueda on Instagram and – Check it out there, but oh, go for I wonder, it, I wonder if, so to go back to what you were just saying, if you did it in reverse, so say the succulents were up top, like if you did an experiment where you put a succulent plant and a plant that did use a lot of water right next to each other and gave them the same amount, would more water drip through the succulent mm. pot because like it didn't take the water? 
Yeah, I guess it would probably depend on the absorbency of the soil. Yeah, that's probably. And I don't think the roots like absorb that much in real time. I yeah, they just kind of need it sitting there. That terracotta isn't completely waterproof. It's absorbent. Mm. So yeah. they make these like automatic. I follow the Instagram account, Epic Gardening. Really great guy. And he was showing a tip where you actually can, if you have like a garden bed, you can get these big terracotta jugs, bury them. And if you don't want to water your plants like every day, you just fill up one of these jugs that's underground. And then the water slowly leaches from the underground terracotta jug and keeps the soil nice and moist. Everyone's favorite word. Yes. Moist. That's pretty cool. So everybody doesn't have a CNC. So are you going to like keep taking this idea further? Because I do like it. I think it looks I think it looks cool. And the modularity factor, I think, is pretty neat for planners. Great question. I made at the end of the video, I show how to make one using just a jigsaw. And oh, of course. Okay, I don't I don't want to toot my own horn here. I cut <laughs> no. out some fire circles, some like really, really <laughs> crisp circles with a with a jigsaw. There should yeah. be like a like a combine for makers. Well, I guess they kind of do that. <laughs> uh, like workbench yeah, work Remember, there was that whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, like cutting a circle, you know, just following the line. I have I what I do is I have like one hand obviously holding the tool with the trigger, but I have it's another hand right on the guard itself, like holding the guard to the side of the blade. And that's that's what I find really key for being really accurate. And then in my head I'm just thinking the whole time just one eighth of an inch at a time. I'm not looking too yeah. far down the line, just going that. The other thing with the new Ryobi jigsaw I got the old ones wouldn't clear the blade area, so the sawdust would pile up. This new one, it like blows wind to really clear that's a the really, blade. Yeah, that's a really nice feature. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, I've, I've seen that on some others. I'm glad they incorporated that. That's a good move. The other awesome. thing I think is like the mental preparation of deciding beforehand, are you eating the line, going inside the line, outside the line, and just not deciding once you're cutting and your hands start shaking as your mind's deciding, but like <laughs> you got to commit actually just deciding beforehand. Okay. I'm going to eat the line on this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I find that helps me be more accurate. If there's like my, I am more intentional about exactly how I'm going to be precise. Look Big where time. you want to go. Not where you don't want to yeah. go. What are you guys working on? Mike, what do you got? Me? I'm doing the follow-up to the all two by four sofa. <laughs> What like is I that? said, there's no better time than right now <laughs> when we got eight dollar two by fours. But I'm doing the all two by four bed. Oh, I think it's gonna be a fun one. Hard. <laughs> I don't know how many two by fours I've used so far, but I think in total it it's gonna be just shy of like forty. Okay, so two hundred and forty dollars. Is that how much it is? I don't know. I so didn't still do the math. not bad. Yeah, I haven't done the math in my head yet. I know plenty of people are gonna <laughs> what say. What did you say? Eight. Uh, seven, seven, let's say seven. I seven think that's bucks. a more healthy average. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd be 28 to 80, right? Yep. Exactly. It's coming out looking pretty good. It's solid. It's got, it's got a cool look considering I'm not doing anything to the two by fours. Like I'm cutting some fun little joints, but I'm not planting them down. I'm not turning them into anything that doesn't look like a two by four. So I think it's a good example of that. That's the kind of challenge that I'm giving myself lately is embrace the two by four showcase it but also keep it you know simple and accessible i think the sofa did that i think this bed is going to do it and still look really unique and who knows by the time i get done building half a half a house of furniture out of two by fours i might have come up with a, a few cool things i think the i think the little way of like alternating the two by fours to get a little bit of texture that i did on the sofas or the sofa side panels i think looked neat and on this one i'm playing around with the negative space Mm. and coming out pretty fun. I might have to throw some lights underneath it, though. Gotta get that's that like floating the big, effect. That's the big dilemma for bed videos, is if you just <laughs> put a underneath. light underneath it, that thumbnail is what everybody wants. No, I'm kidding. Everybody <laughs> wants that light under their bed. Yeah, it's Shout been fun, though. It's, you know what it's really, yeah, now that I think about it, you know, kind of just chit-chatting on the fly here, something that has got me really thinking of is making some jigs for breaking down material with the circular saw specifically. Because I'm cutting so many of the same size piece. And obviously, if you have a miter saw, you just set up a stop block. Mm -hmm. But what's that easy solution to cut literally like 30 boards all the same size with a circular saw? And 
I don't know, man. I bet Craig probably makes a tool they, for this. They actually they, I bet do. they make a jig for this. But there's got to be a cool DIY option, too. Let's brainstorm on this some. So I would actually start by looking at the thing that Craig makes, which is... I'm going to Google it now. It's... I, yeah, I don't know the exact name of it, but basically picture like a miter box that you would use with like a hand cutting saw, except for made for your circular saw to go into. That's yeah, great. that's kind of what here's I'm imagining. Here's a better idea. Here we go. So let's say that's you want to cut. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm wondering. Craig, terrible idea. Ben has it right here. Here's how I would do it. So let's say I want to cut. I Let's say I'm framing a wall and I have a whole bunch of 10 foot two by fours and I got to cut like 10 of them to nine feet long. So I got to cut a foot off of all of them. And I need them to all be the same height because they're going to be studs for a wall. I would design first a very special rake. It's a rake with like a straight edge. So I could grab one end and pull all of them in a row so that all the ends are lining up. So I'd have my my special alignment rake. (laughs) Then I would have like, like a panel clamp that is foot activated that just squeezes them for the, keeps them all from sliding. So I just got ben, my We're special. trying to have a serious brainstorm here. Listen to me, <laughs> damn it. So I use my special rake, kind of like, you know what, like a, at a craps table, what they used to like collect the dice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That aligns all the things. Then I put my foot down and it locks them all into place. And then I just run my circular saw to cut all the ends nice and even. Wow. Okay, well, so let's pop back into the real so world. stacked though. up and you're cutting them all at one time. You're taking like a long pass yeah. of cross-cutting. And then the rake, it would be a good way. the rake collapses and fits into a special rake quiver that goes onto mm. your back. Okay, you know what? I'm sold now. <laughs> yeah, nice. now, that, now that it stores. Now, and, now that you can wear it. <laughs> yeah, now that it stows and goes, I'm ready. <laughs> so in actuality, yeah, the, the Craig thing would work pretty well. And I'm sure you could make something that does something similar pretty easily. But yeah, basically, let's, it, it's Let just me explain. Like a, oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a little track that your circular saw can ride in. And then it's got like a little fence on it. So you know you're cutting pretty close to 90 degrees if it's all set up. Mm. You could probably make something that did something pretty similar. So you would just have to like find a place to like clamp it down to a table or whatever. So you're always cutting in the same place and then kind of the same thing where you would just like set up a stop block that you would hit into cut, hit into cut. Yeah, man, I want to make something like this. Hopefully Craig doesn't get upset. Maybe I'll shout him out. (laughs) They're going to see you in court, Mike. Craig? Yeah, they're like, this idea is too big. We got to take him. (laughs) So a guy named Craig shows up <laughs> with a civil like, Craig versus Mike. You're like, stick, All the Craigs in the world. Stick the list. <laughs> so you okay, think about well, making something, it, Mike? You're getting back I was on about your... Say, I, guess it doesn't, I guess it doesn't need too much of a brainstorm because, man, Craig really kind of almost hit it, on, hit it to a T here. Because basically, it's just raising the circular saw up yeah. enough so that a two by four or, you know, inch and a half thick material could slide underneath it. And then it's just like a really short track, like a 12, 14 inch track for cross cutting, you know, stuff like two by fours, two by eights. Yeah. It's kind of like turning your circular saw into, um, what's it called? What, what, what is that tool called where it's not a miter saw, but the other one that used to be popular where it was like you pulled radial it towards the miter box or radial arm. Yes. Saw. A radial yeah. arm saw. It's almost like that, except for you're pushing it away from you. Well, I was thinking about that. You're right. I was looking at the way like a biscuit joiner works. Uh-huh. So a biscuit mm-hmm. joiner has like a positive stop at a 90 degree angle. So it grabs the edge of the board and then it's spring loaded where you push it into the board and then it retracts. Yep. You can almost like that same mechanism attached to a circular saw. And have a huge spring pulling it back. <laughs> but so bed's coming along, Mike. You're going to have that out sometime you thinking this week or sometime next? this year. Who knows? I'm just stacking up footage right now. I've been in a good kind of just like mode building in the new shed workshop. It's been a little while. I know, Chris, you talked about this last week. It'd been a little while since you got to build some kind of furniture you were excited mm. about rather than all these other things. Yeah. So I'm just kind of enjoying building editing a little bit of content as I go, but I don't have any really, really important sponsor deadlines for a week or so. So I'm kind of taking it as an opportunity to just keep my head down and build. Oh, yes. and I saw Mike, somebody already built one of the sofas using our simple cushions and they outdid you because they staged it with a really adorable Corgi. That yeah. was a Ooh. really great staging photo. It was, they used the cheat code, <laughs> insanely cute dog. Yeah. yeah. It's like it a was really an awesome build. And the color is like, of the dog is like perfect for the vegan leather. 
It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big shout out. I think it came out a little bit cleaner than mine, maybe. Dude, that, the photo like and staging, better, for sure. Like, uh, what's the name of the account so we give them a shout out? Yeah, I got to pull that up. Yep. Keep talking and I'll but find it real quick. It's like one of the best like user or kind of like viewer recreated projects that I've seen. Like one, they absolutely nailed the project. They did it right down to the details. And then you can tell these people are really good at kind of like DIY stuff, home improvement and interior design because the whole living room that they put it into from the cute pup to like the background wall graphics and everything just all look fantastic. And it was kind of amazing at how fast they turned it around because Mike posted it. I mean, we just launched the the cushion company. Mike posted his sofa and, and published the, the plans. And it's like eight days yeah. later, they got the cushions and built the sofa. So, yeah. What's their account, Mike? Oh, okay. Oh, no, no. You're all good. It, I just had a little bit of lag. Okay. So, I got to shout them out. It is We Are Jamie and Sarah. We are Jamie and Sarah on Instagram. So check them yeah. out and maybe we'll do a repost on, see if you can get a, have them send you the image so we can post it on, tag them on the Simple Cushion Company Instagram Big account. Time. And looking at the photo again, cause you know, I hadn't looked at it for a day or two since I saw it. They also have a really great feature wall that they painted behind right, it with the that graphics. really bring, really brings it together. Super clean. Yeah. And looking at the post, reading it again, I think they put out a video, maybe building it or do it. Maybe it's a part of another big room transformation. Either way, after we record this podcast, I'm going to do a little investigating and I'm going to check that out. Awesome. We are Jamie and Sarah. We are Jamie and Sarah. Chris. Yo. What you're working on. All right. So I don't know how long ago it was I was talking about it, but yes, wanting to get my fix of nice woodworking. I've got that out of my system with this <laughs> set of plans now officially done. The video will be out by the time people are hearing this, it should be out and the plans will be out. So this Thursday, I don't know what day you're hearing this, but now I'm, I'm kind of planning what my next project is going to be. And I've got it sure narrowed down to two. Nope. It is not that one. So <sighs> one of we them could get the be... Wheel. Something that I talked about in the living room makeover video, which was in that video, I was saying that I wasn't sure how I was going to set up the furniture in my house, whether I was going to put the couch on the wall or turn it kind of perpendicular to the wall. And we really like it perpendicular to the wall. And then in that video, I said I was going to build like a big L shaped kind of like set of shelves that'll go behind the couch and then turn and like almost like how a chaise would go, you know, next to the couch and along that wall. So I'm either going to do that or if the timing works out, you know, we all work with semi-exact. We invested in them a few months back. And so I've been working on a set of legs with them for, di well, for dining tables, I saw the coffee tables. They look yes. good. Chris, yeah, this so is way more exciting than whatever kind of bit bookcase you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. So you got to do this. It matters if timing works out. So I got the prototype uh, okay. of the legs and there's like a few little tweaks that we have to make to them for, this is for the dining table version. Mm -hmm. Um, just like a few little, like just like a little cleanup things. It's nothing big. Like all the dimensions are there. So like, it's all good to go, but now it's just a matter of how quick we can get the prototype done and I can get it. So in the meantime, I've already designed the project and it's essentially dining table that you could make out of just these legs and out of one sheet of plywood. And I kind mm -hmm. of went with, so I wanted to make it as big of a dining table as I could. So like, you know, if you try to do something the size of a whole sheet of plywood and you just put legs on the end, like that's going to be way too wobbly because that's just too big of a span with just a sheet of plywood. So what I ended up doing, and, and actually also the legs are designed so that I think on their own, they are 28 inches tall. So if you had doubled up plywood inch and a half, then your table will be 29 and a half, which is like a very good dining table height. Yeah. So I actually kind of leaned on something that we had talked about, Ben, when, whenever I was doing like the built-ins and remember you had, I was trying to figure out how to stabilize those shelves and you had kind of come up with that idea of like that kind of like wing shape where it gets right. like more fat towards the center. So it's not exactly that. It's almost just like these two strips that are kind of like triangles that are kind of like that, where it's like a belly in the middle. Triangular stretchers. Yeah. And so like the... The way that these legs are, which people will... So if you watch my dining table video that I built, they're very much inspired by that. So, you know, like a big 
L shape or number seven or whatever. So they're going to have quite a bit of support on the underside because there's like a good, I don't know, 11 or 12 inch span where it's metal that's supporting it. They look really like t- Chris's woodworking legs, but right. machined out of steel and then powder coated. Right. They're dope. Yeah, they look really nice. We're also going to make some, I I was just working earlier today on like figuring out the dimensions for a coffee table version. And then I think we're going to do a smaller set that people could use for like a, um, like a dresser or a bookshelf or something, you know, a smaller piece of furniture. So it'll be cool to be able to like offer these same style of leg in three different sizes. So people can adapt them to a button, you know, like basically everything that people build other than chairs, I guess. You're doing a short like 12 or 16 inch set? Yeah. So the the coffee table version is going to be 15 and a quarter. That's what I have it designed out right now. So also a good bench height. Yeah. Yeah. It would work for a bench. Yep. And then I'm not sure what size I'm going to go with for the dresser version. I'm kind of thinking maybe like around eight or so. At first I was thinking smaller, but then I was like, ah, but if you're going to like spend money on a cool looking base that, you know, can be like a bright pop of color, you don't want it there, like just to prop the thing up. You want it to be kind of visible. So I think I'll probably like go a little bit higher. I think eight inches is good for something like that. I'll figure all that out. But basically the timing of how that's going to play out is going to dictate what I'll start working on. Like if I know that I can get the prototype of the legs in like a week, a week and a half or something, then I'll go ahead and get the whole table built since I already know the size of the legs. And I can just base that off of the prototypes that I have and then just swap out the finished legs as soon as I get them. Sounds really cool. I'm excited to see them. I don't think that I have seen either renderings or prototype. Ben, you have. So it gets yeah. the cosine. Yeah, I saw Matt, the founder of, of Semi-Exact, not, not, not too long ago. He kind of showed me some of the, the mock-ups and stuff like that. And yeah, they don't look like anything like hairpin legs or like anything else on the market. They look like something that's like custom and bespoke. And the fact that we're going to be able to offer these for sale for woodworkers is like pretty freaking cool. I, I would – what I was thinking, so Brett from Skull and Spades taught me how to – brass plate steel in a very DIY friendly way where you use a angle grinder with a wire brass brush and you just brush raw steel and it coats the friction and heat from brushing it with the angle grinder coats the the raw steel with brass and so you actually have a real brass finish on top of the steel i think like getting a raw pair and then brassing them on like a heavy wood slab would just be ridiculously easy and looks super high end. I just texted you guys a picture. Yeah. Mike, you can see it right there. So that was like right when I first got them and I basically just clamped them up to a scrap piece of plywood that I had sitting around in the shop. I don't know if you've got the photo yet, but in this picture, it's because the the prototype ones they sent me are white and you can just see a piece of plywood. So it's very uh, homemade modern. Okay, I'm downloading it now. I don't know why it's taking so okay, long, get a but the time. anticipation is I know mounting. why. It's because your internet is a, is trash. <laughs> it's rural. <laughs> and your uh, it's modem just building is the anticipation. potato. <laughs> yeah, it's using 100% of my internet to keep this Google Hangout going. Yeah, so yeah we can maybe keep I shouldn't talking. text you a picture. That's a bad idea. <laughs> All right, so... All right, well, we'll come back to it when this downloads. Right. Yes, so what we're working on is... Brought to you by SawStop. SawStop is a sponsor of this podcast and a huge supporter of not just safety for all the awesome woodworkers out there, but they've also hooked us up with really great tools. Mike is still working on his shop. but will probably be getting one soon. But in the meantime, we got one over at Maker Ranch, the contractor version. Chris, what's the model you're using? I have the PCS. I also have the job site. Which- Solid choice. Man, I got them too early though. I should have waited for this podcast to start. <laughs> yeah, but they're fantastic saws and absolutely the highest level of safety and ingenuity. So we work with our hands. Let's protect our hands. Good. I like that. That's a good slogan right there. So thanks, SawStop, for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you. Right now, we're waiting for Mike's crappy ass internet. Shut up. It's downloaded. We're all good. Nope, we're good. see just a low okay. single photo, low resolution, single photo that Chris sent via text message. <laughs> yeah. It's been about eight minutes. 
That's Mike false. still looking at the screen. This isn't true. It downloaded while we were talking about okay, soft Mike, stuff. Well then. It's so, it, this is like 1997. He's like, well, I only see the top half so far. <laughs> Give us you know, I really, wanted to com- I really wanted to compliment this leg, but now that I've gotten roasted, Chris, <laughs> it's ugly, I no. hate it, and you smell bad. Thank I'm you. kidding. These legs are awesome, and when y'all said earlier that they're classic four eyes, four eyes leg, but just made out of steel, that is exactly it. If I saw the silhouette of this and didn't know... It looks like any Chris Salamone woodworking project. It's awesome. I should just have him do a powder-coated brown one for like a walnut. <laughs> I don't play. think so. I, I don't think that's it. Are you going to do any crazy colors, Chris? Yeah. Uh, th- so they sent me, I forget the name of it, but they have this like magazine or I, I don't know if magazine's the right word, but catalog like a catalog or, yeah. Yeah, of oh, yeah, the I standard that. colors that they use. So I'm waiting for that to come and I'm going to pick out at least one like four eyes color, maybe a couple. The yellow? The orange red. I was red. thinking either like yellow or that, yeah, that kind of like orangey red color. Those are maybe like a mint green because I used some Casual of their hairpin turtle. legs that were that kind of color one time and it looked really good. I I suspect like white would be a very popular color for these kind of legs. Although I'll say like I want a bright pop of color. I like a bright pop of color. I got to get that bright pop. Get the pop. Get the bright pop. Bright Popovich. <laughs> Greg Popovich. <laughs> bright, bright Popovich. Well, <laughs> that that sounds like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bright well, Popovich sticks with the primary colors. Real fundamental kind of color game. Fun mm. coming in, fun going out. <laughs> Speaking right, of cool. components and materials, I made an epic plywood run last week. I work with Pure Bond and Columbia Forest Products, and I've been doing all these CNC projects, and I'm still kind of working through them all. I haven't posted a table yet, should be out soon, and then they'll be followed up by another CNC project, the modular plant stands. And so I've just been using the basic sanded pine and furniture-grade plywood from Home Depot. But I kind of like how these things are turning out, and I had a really good time working with the bamboo plywood, so I said, well... Material prices are at an all-time high. Let's stock up on some real premium stuff. So our thinking was being like, if the cheap stuff's really expensive, might as well just spend on the expensive stuff, which doesn't seem to have doubled in price. It seems like it's gone up more like 20 to 30%, whereas the cheap stuff has definitely doubled. So right. If everything it. just goes up the exact same amount, then it becomes relatively cheaper, actually. Right. So I got... 20, 28 sheets of Columbia Forest Products Europly, which is like their version of Baltic Birch. You know, it's, you know, the sort of micro laminations, just real high quality. But I got it with walnut veneers on both sides. Ooh. So we picked it up from a really cool place in LA called Phillips Plywood. It was one of the cleanest and most organized and well run kind of lumber facilities I've ever been to. They carry about three to four million dollars in inventory. Everyone was just like uniforms were like sharp, like everyone's moving, no dust anywhere. And we posted it on our stories, but we got to see this really cool lamination thing, which Mike, I think you got to see it on my Instagram stories, which is cool because I'd seen you do the way you sort of like, you know, put your own formica or laminate tops onto plywood. Right. They have this whole machine. It, it was it was interesting. So. They'll take like MDF particle board or plywood and it goes into this one machine, which all it does is brush it and vacuum it to remove all of the dust off of it. So it's like perfectly clean. And then they have this thing that applies glue perfectly. It just like puts a perfectly even film of glue. Then two guys just drop on the laminate sheet and then it goes into a press. The press was really interesting because it looks like that was the my weight. favorite part. That was the coolest right. thing. It looks like the weight comes down from the top, but it actually gets pushed up from the bottom because underneath the bottom plate is a whole bunch of fire hoses and they inflate the fire hoses and they can put pressure on that and they can completely control how much up force pushing against the steel stopper on the top. Hmm. Wow. I'll probably repost That's the stories wild. and put them into a highlight because I don't know if I put them into a highlight or not. But it was a really cool thing. The other interesting thing they had is they had two guys. They also sell hardwood. They had So they had two guys ripping down rough sawn boards, trimming up the edges. And it was a table saw with a tank tread on it. 
So it's like an active belt feeding it right next to the saw blade. So it's like if you had an upside down tank <laughs> with a saw blade, that conveyor belt, <laughs> which was all like chain linky, was just moving the boards across. But they were milling down. It was just two guys, one guy feeding, the other one catching on the outfeed, you know, like 16 to 18 foot long boards that were pretty heavy. And they didn't have a whole roller system. They had a <laughs> single pole with a pivot point. And the one guy catching it would use that pivot to then come perfectly lay the boards into a nice, neat pile, just pivoting it's on that awesome. one thing. I was still surprised yeah. that they weren't getting any sort of dents in the, the lumber from that one pivot point. But it made me really think about, I think there's some really clever ways you could do outfeed tables that don't take up as much room and aren't those janky ass roller stands, which always, if you don't have them set just to the right height. So one thing, one thing I was thinking was one, I think it would be cool if you had a like an automatic adjustment to those roller outfeed things where if you shot a laser across them, the laser then controls the mechanism, which automatically adjusts them. So you just put a laser flat on your table saw and it shoots it across. And if it hits it, it just keeps lowering the, the rollers until the laser goes clear of them. One, I think that would be really cool. Kind of complicated. We'll shelve that. Not as good of idea as my rake idea earlier, clearly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this idea of like a single post that maybe has just like, you know, the janky version would just have a tennis ball on the top to kind of keep it from marring. But I think you could make like a swiveling head with a couple like kind of ball bearing things on there so it can kind of support it. And if the material's flat, it would kind of like move underneath it, but have a swiveling ball joint. But I think there's some... There's some clever ways. The other thing I was thinking is whenever I've used one of those roller stands with a table saw, like by myself, if it's not, I've knocked them over a little bit. Even when I get them lined up with the height perfectly, a bend in like a, uh, you know, piece of lumber can like knock them right over. And then yes. you're like stuck there sort of holding this long board that's cantilevered off the back. And it's like you're halfway through a, table sawing it and you're like, oh, I can't just reach over awkward. to pick this stand up. And it's inevitable, man. Like so, anytime I use a roller stand, I think that happens at least once. I think a roller stand should actually be like a ramp that's tilted down. And so you hit it. And when you hit it, it pulls it up level to it. Mm. So the board would be coming across. It hits the high end of the ramp and the ramp swivels and goes up like a drawbridge. And then this rolls right across. It makes sense because usually it's not even the fact that the material is warped. It's just the weight of the material before it hits the roller stand causes it to flex down. It's, and so if you can, so it's not going to necessarily like lift your material off the bed of the table saw if it's just taking that little bit of flex out. It's just kind of aiding its way up. I like that. So I've been thinking about some outfeed roller stand designs. So just make it patent a little bit pending. easier. Yeah, patent <laughs> pending. Get that laser. Yeah, I think I'm going to get some of those. They look like ball bearing casters. They sell them at McMaster's, but they're, they look like a caster that has a sphere in them, but they're meant for material loading and stuff like that. Yeah, didn't you they just can, use those They can on roll something? 360. Yeah, I use it's them like on one the big free bearing. Desk challenge. Oh, that's right. On, yeah, your, but on exactly. your wall, your curvy wall. One of the things that was making me think about it, I was looking at a video that was showing like how smart some of these like Amazon fulfillment factories are. And they have these fields of like rotating spheres that the packages are going on. And it just mm -hmm. looks like a field, but they can, they're scanning barcodes on the packages and then the wheels turn and it just like sends the packages in different directions. I've seen that really cool. It's yeah. crazy. It's Yeah. Some smart Because old school, there. it would be like like at an airport where it like pushes it onto another track. But this right. one, it just completely moves the wheels 90 degrees. Very cool. Right. It's like it like moves the way a drone moves. But instead of the drone moving, yeah. the drone is the floor and it's a static, simple object on top of it. But perfect. Yeah. So it's been it's kind of been, been some busy times. It's nice to sort of stock up on all this plywood and get that all ready. Got it in the storage Speaking facility. Of yeah, hit me. Yeah, I remember watching those stories and I was surprised at the fact and it and it does make sense now that they do the veneers. Would you get 30 sheets? They do them all at once. Yeah. So yeah. they veneer all of them at once. I assumed you would have had to call ahead and then they have maybe a vacuum press 
or something to that effect. Because I know that's what people do if they're doing it DIY. I had no idea it would be this big hydraulic thing. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, actually, like how long was it in, like how long is it from the time they put the glue on to the time you're putting a sheet of plywood in your truck? Well, the ones I ordered were glued up at Columbia Force Products. So they're okay, a distributor so you were just for them. watching them make other ones. Right. But these ah. professional plywood shops, they have like, they work with like different brands of like Formica or laminate. So you could get like a synthetic laminate, melamine, Formica, Wilson Art, any of those put onto any sheet of material that you want. So if yeah. you wanted, and they even have metallic ones too. So if you want like a thin sheet of aluminum on top of MDF, they can do that for you. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense that they could put like plate steel on something right. with that press. You know, it's yeah. just whatever the right adhesive is. Yeah. Don't use that on your saw stop. No. Mm, no. Yeah. Aluminum, you <laughs> probably could. Yeah, probably. I think it depends how thick it is. Yeah. So that's what I've been sort of working on. It's kind of been the nice weather time of year. So I'm kind of trying to get a lot of sort of big physical builds. I'm probably going to move into sort of starting to weld up the base on the windmill blades because kind of kind of been neglecting some of the big projects but one of the things i was going to bring up as a topic is so i'm working on some bigger real estate development projects and a group of our investors for some of the land we're developing said oh it'd be great if you also added a restaurant to this facility that you're building and so i'm going to be working on the design of a shipping container restaurant And so I talked to a few restaurateurs and being like, okay, how much space should I give for the kitchens and all this stuff? And they're like, look, if you if you know what the restaurant is going to serve, meaning the type of food and that you can save a ton of money by designing a really efficient kitchen that's specifically for that production line. Right. So I think we're going to do a taco restaurant, like real simple. There's not a lot of good service industry people out here in Joshua Tree. So I think we're going to make it more like huge outdoor seating area, container kind of courtyard and a like a walk up counter and then a separate container that's like a bar. So you don't have to like, you know, stop the flow of food to just get a drink. Yeah. And then we'll do another set of like, you know, the bathrooms will all be prefabricated in another container. So it'll just be a series of of containers sort of dropped off. But, That's going to be really cool because the way they're situated could make like a courtyard. Essentially, yeah. they could kind of establish the whole zone. It's neat. So we're going Can to you do- put a big uh, a big sign on the bathroom one that says shitting container. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, That's actually Chris, pretty that good. Was good. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. good. I like Thank it. you. You know what, Chris? We yes. will do that. Yes. And dedicated <laughs> to me. I can guarantee this. <laughs> if you make us a nice custom toilet done seat done. for one of them. <laughs> Done. A wooden toilet seat. A wooden toilet seat. <laughs> Throw back. <laughs> I'm in. But it's, I think it's going to be a taco restaurant is what we're deciding. There isn't a great taco place out here in Joshua Tree. Everyone likes taco except David Picciuto. Shout out to David. Still never had one. <laughs> but also not shout out for not liking tacos. You got to eat a taco, my man. Just find well, out. It's just meat and bread. Here's the thing. If he still, uh, he's not all the pieces of a taco. If he still not hasn't had one. By the time we have our next makes giving and he and he makes it out for it, he won't do it. Look, he won't do it. If your buddy has to keep the streak alive, a taco restaurant, yes, that was like co-designed and stuff like that by a whole bunch of makers in the sort of maker community. The peer pressure. I'm not saying he's going to do it. You got to have a taco. The uh-huh. peer pressure is going to be strong. <laughs> You're right. If so, there was a situation that he would do it, that was it. That's the one. But for you know, so we're going to create a taco place. I think we'll create like a taco for each one of us. There'll be like Ooh. the Mike, the Ben, the Chris, the Jesse, the Brett, the Rachel. <laughs> Mine's going to be Pop-Tart. <laughs> Can we make a fancy taco and call it like the Winston or something like that? It could have some like, ooh, it could have Grey Poupon. No. You, oh, that's a you have to, highfalutin you have taco. You have to pick a serious taco that you would actually be your go-to order, Mike. Oh, I can handle Ooh, that. Man. But I'm saying, can we have an option where it's just got a fancy name? It could be Reginald. You know, it could be anything. <laughs> I think it should he be named a, a after real people and really sure. reflect their taste. I, what would your taco be? What would your guys' yeah, taco be? What would your be? taco be, Mike? 
I don't want to be too simple, but I'm a basic guy. I want no, to think about it, it be. before That's I make brand. any proclamations. Wait, let, yeah, you guys pretend. talk about it. I'm going to really ruminate. So Here, let's let's assume that like all the classics have been taken. So you're like, right, oh man, no I got to come out of left field with this thing. Well, I would probably do something that's more from like my hometown. So I'd probably do like a probably do like a fish taco, a lot of cilantro, avocado, fresh salsa, real simple, kind of on the healthier side, and that would probably be my sort of move. And also knowing that like the basics are going to be kind of covered. Mike, I think you got to go with like a real Midwestern theme. Like, well, a, I was going to say like a taco if, with if, like meat, potatoes and cheese. I was, I was thinking say about how to know I was going to do a shepherd's pie inspired. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what a potato taco is like. Yeah, because at first I was like, well, double decker tacos are no longer served. And oh, I love man, double just, decker oh, tacos. Just I bring back the double decker. So that's something that kind of actually resonated. But no, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what do I like that's back home? And I was like, mashed potatoes. Then it went to shepherd's pie. But yeah. I don't think that that would actually make a good taco. Oh, dude, I'm thinking about it. would make a it. great taco. You would use a crunchy taco shell for this? Yeah. Or a Have soft? you had a potato taco? You can choose. Oh, I've never heard of this. Is it fried oh, potato or mashed potato, though? No. Th- you- there's different ways, but they're kind of like a mashed potato. Yeah, give me the rundown. Do. Describe it, Chris. It's kind of like a mashed potato that they basically use as the filling for, and then it's got a crunchy. And then you like, do meat or that no. is the main thing. No, no, no. Thing. Yeah. That's, that's the, there's a vegan option meat. or something. I mm. see. Mike can't go yeah, vegan. Yeah. Maybe not vegan. I can but, eat. Uh, I love potatoes, vegetarian, man. It's fine. I can't potato go vegan. Potato tacos are good. Yeah. Like try to that's why next time you place pie. and get that. But it might be, yeah, like a shepherd's pie okay, taco might be kind of nice. And it, oh, and instead of like a taco shell, you might go with more of like a, like a garlic bread non kind of thing. So it's like, it's I've almost like, got it. It has to have gravy. That is the key <laughs> element that makes everything good. Are you ready for this action? The gravy yeah. A taco. bed of good, we're going to say crumbled meatloaf, right? Mm. It's not ground beef. It's crumbled meatloaf. Right. The seasoning is aggressive. It's bringing you back home. Next layer, mashed potatoes, delicious mm. mashed potatoes. Chris knows what I'm talking about. Apparently I do. Next you can either get sharp cheddar or some Colby Jack cheese, but we're going heavy with that. And then gravy on top. You should use the mashed Crack, potatoes for, for the double layer, the double gravy. decker layer. Instead of oh, the, yeah, instead of you're beans, basically using, you go. you're using mashed potatoes instead of refried beans. Substitution. Okay, so this is same consistency. <laughs> we'll have to make some prototypes just like Chris's legs. <laughs> but we will give this a shot. If the shepherd's pie taco works out and tastes good, I would love for that to be the mic. So there's a place like right down the street from me called Arturo's Puffy Tacos that's Ooh. pretty popular in this area. Actually, there was, I forget the guy's name, but a f- famous food writer guy. He did like his hundred top tacos in America or whatever. And I think it got like number one. Nice. And it's their like most popular taco is basically like ground beef and potato. Yeah. I've, now it's I've, not, it does not wow. taste like a shepherd's pie, but it's very good. And it's kind of in that same vein. So next time you guys are here, we'll, uh, we'll get that. Can you imagine a taco with white or brown gravy? That sounds delicious. <laughs> a country gravy. So one of my uh-huh. favorite burgers growing up at a local diner that was near where we went to high school, they put brown gravy on their burgers and it, they used it to kind of melt the cheese a little bit. And it was just like one tablespoon of gravy and it just really emphasized the cheese melt. And then they put that the lettuce on top so the top of the bun wouldn't get soggy. It was really dialed in. It was excellent. Chris, nice. describe mm. your favorite taco. Well, okay, this is going to be a taco that I've never tried before, but I'm just assuming that like there is nothing left for me, so I got to pull something out of left field. Yes. I'm sure that this exists somewhere, but I'm going to try to concoct a pastrami taco. I like it. I like then it. And you get the mustard. Yeah, so you get some yeah. mustard in there. This could be the Reginald. No, this I'm kidding. Is more like pickles. Pickles. I like it. This is more of a flour tortilla than a corn tortilla. Yeah, it's almost like a flatbread yeah. sandwich, but we're going to call it a taco anyway. I like it. The pastrami as taco. As long as you fold it over, it's a taco. That's true. Any other toppings? Do you do mustard? Do you do anything like that? You got to do maybe some kind of like a, it's like a mustard aioli maybe or something. Get, yeah, make yeah, it a little yeah. more, you know get a little more spicy mustard. If, yeah, there you go. If, if mustard's good on pastrami mm. and mustard's good on like soft pretzels, it might be like a soft pretzel shell. Well, okay. Here's, here's another thing is man, Dolores has good. been buying these, uh, these 
what are they like sweet and spicy jalapenos from Trader Joe's? Awesome. Anybody who's got a Trader Joe's, pick those up. Trader Joe's Dude, has great things, stuff. You can Wait, just eat these dried? things right out of the jar. They're so good. Oh, they're they're fresh jalapenos. Yeah, it's like it's or like getting any jarred. other kind of like jar of jalapenos. No, they're, they're, um, they're pickled. I get it. I get it. Now. Yeah, yeah. They're I was very picturing good. like dehydrated. So maybe that would that could go good on this pastrami in in yeah. place of to, regular. To, to give you a spicy option with yeah. the mustard. I like yeah, take that. Take this pastrami south of the border. All right, I'm yeah. hungry now. Right. I like that cold cuts move, Chris. That was Thank classy. You. Very nice. Classy. Thank you. Nice. Well, it beats if the you shepherd guys pie, I think. Have any suggestions? <laughs> Some taco ideas. <laughs> Let's for... taco about it. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, what have you guys been watching? Ooh. Mike? We, yes. oh, we watched a fire UFC card. Dude, oh, come like on. The Usman one? Shout yeah. that out. Yeah. It was all like first or second round knockouts, people getting submitted, people getting their legs broken. It was just like, it was gnarly. Did you make some money back, Mike? Uh, I didn't bet at all on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I usually tend to bet kind of like whether the main, main event is worth betting on. I'll bet on some undercard fights, but the main event is one of those situations where, if I'm not going to lie, it would have been cool to see Jorge Masvidal win, knowing Usman is an incredibly great fighter and probably technically better. Like, he wins, I think me and Ben said this, he wins like eight times out of ten, but the two times that Jorge Masvidal wins, it would be like fireworks. So I kind of would like to see how it would play out. But I wasn't confident betting on that one. Yeah, it was a great card. Shout out Rose Namajunez for that head kick knockout. Freaking fire. Also, Chris, did you see this thing with Chris Weidman? Yes, I did. The exact same thing that happened yeah. during the Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman fight happened to Chris Weidman. The same way Anderson Silva broke his leg trying to do a leg kick, it happened to Chris Weidman. That's the most full circle like proof yeah, that like we're a- in the Matrix ever. This, have you seen like side-by-side photos? It's gnarly. No, I, I don't like looking at it. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw on Instagram there was like some side by f- side photos of both breaks, yeah. and it, it's just crazy because it is almost picture perfect. It's so now freaky. you know that's how it ends for. Is it Uriah Hall? Uh, for that's yeah. how it's got to end for him now. Yeah. It's oh gonna no! Pass it on. It's just like fast forward three years. Final Dude, destination. It's, <laughs> like the ring. It's so yeah. interesting on what really. M- like, look, I watched a Mortal Kombat movie recently and like didn't flinch. And it was like one terrible movie. Oh, no. Two, but but like, you knew it wasn't real. Terrible in a good way. Uh, Is it like at least entertaining? It depends on how high you were. And I was pretty high and it still was bad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just bad. It, it, you don't realize like how... Like for like the Mandalorian and like the Star Wars and Marvel stuff on the action and CGI, it's so high quality that when you see something that's still expensive, but just not that level, it Mm. really like pulls you out of it. Like it's just like it's bad, but it's really gruesome. (laughs) But like I don't have a visceral reaction to it because it's it's like it's realistic, but cartoonish realistic. It's just like a lot of blood, but seeing a leg with no blood just turn to jello and then literally wrap around another person's leg and then see their instant reaction to then step on it. And it just immediately flops. Oh, right. God, it, 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 give, it, it gave way. And then that was what made him realize, Oh dang, Bones my legs are broke. so important. <laughs> so, yeah. So definitely don't watch the mortal Kombat movie. It's not great. What have I been watching? Oh, I watched the, the, the new Captain America's series, the Falcon, the Winter Soldier was pretty good. You know, not, yeah. not their best, not their worst, just kind of, kind of solid, but it's just kind of crazy though, that like movie quality content is now just like TV shows. Like this streaming yeah. wars is just like upping the game, which tells me that as we, as YouTubers, we have a lot more competition now because it's not just like, you know, Oh, YouTube, like the, the biggest companies in the world are now putting out their highest quality, most production intensive stuff in blocks of hours at a time on Disney Plus, HBO Max and Netflix. So I kind of like it. It's like I think it's like it's sort of upping the game and we're we're all sort of competing in this sort of attention economy. And I think it's like a really strong challenge for, you know, we're obviously not going to compete on a production budget and that sort of slickness of that. 
but it's a really great challenge to make sure that the the information we're presenting, the creativity, the personality and the connection to it is all sort of dialed in to sort of compete with these people that are literally making stuff that probably costs more than a million dollars a minute. Yikes. All right. Well, I have nothing new. I still just been working my, I don't have enough time and the F1 drive to survive. I got three seasons to plow through. So I'm still just watching that. So I'll just recommend that again. It's nice. very good and it's maintained its I've, goodness. I've consistently heard from a lot of people in different walks of life that it's a great show. There you go. See, me and other people that Ben has heard from agree. From many different walks of life. Yes. <laughs> All the um, walks I'm gonna of just, life. I'm going to plug one of the homies, Alex Majukin from Mr. Majukin. He's in the middle of renovating a house and he's doing a great job with it. I'm loving the content series that he's turning it or, you know, making out of it. It's got me hooked. I'm watching it. The episodes are, you know, 15, 20 minutes long. And to speak to the whole streaming battle, I'm going to watch an episode of this over anything on HGTV for 22 minutes any day of the week. So the YouTubers are bringing it. We got the best home renovation content in the game because we're showing the process. And that's what Alex is doing really well. He's got a good crew. I, I like his production style where he's got people filming. He's got kind of a lot of talking on camera and capturing a lot of the in-between moments, you know, in-between steps. So I think it's very cool. He's bringing something new to the table and it definitely deserves a shout out. He's crushing it. Awesome. Nice. Well, let me give one more shout out that's more design related. I probably Here mentioned this guy before, but I've been talking to him for a while. Chris Correct. Thank you. He's one uh, of the most interesting <laughs> architects going right now. And he's using large scale CNC machines to make modular houses that look like they're made out of wooden pipes. So if you go onto Instagram and look at Chris Precht, P-R-E-C-H-T, he's like, I just think he's one of the coolest architects going. Everything he does is super organic. He does kind of like really awesome looking A-frames. There's a lot of woodworking involved and yeah, his work is just next level. And he was like one of those people, like when I found out that he sort of follows me, I was like, I'm like, oh, why, nice. why are you following me? <laughs> like, you're really good at what you do. I, you know, I'm I'm a DIY kind of hack. So check it out. I think it's just it's great inspiration for anyone that's interested in any kind of design. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Definitely really, it's, really, it's really crazy stuff. stuff, right? Like it's just shapes you don't see buildings made out of. But it looks also like know? not futuristic and like it's trying to be a transformer space age. It's like kind of like wholesome. Because of the materials. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. So shout out to Chris and shout out to Art Chris and his pastrami taco. Mm, now that's the future. All right, Mike, take us home. Alrighty, if you have a topic suggestion, a question, or an idea you think we should riff on, hit us up on Instagram. Chris is at Four Eyes Furniture. Ben is at Benjamin Ueda, U-Y-E-D-A. And I am at Modern Builds. Oh, if you want to give us a review Mike's on shows your... on the Home Depot YouTube channel. Oh, man, Boost thanks. Those I, don't like to... Boost I don't like to plug that too numbers. much. But right let's get the numbers up on how comments. To... Okay, let's not do the inappropriate comments. I don't know if Ben said to do it or not to do it, but let's not. Yeah, honestly. Innuendos, puns, make it disguise Let's be real. You know that the production and the editing are having fun with it. Like they're putting in jokes into the edit. They're trying to make it fun. So if you can make jokes in the comments, they will appreciate it. I will appreciate it. Let's get a little joke comment happening. Yes. In the next episode of How to Undo, they come out every Friday. We've only got a couple left. So let's let's blow it up. Let's spam it up. Boom. All right. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye. Later. Peace.